it has to be part of your thing. And then, you know, you, you do it like this and then you break the mold. Welcome to the Creative Studio. This is the podcast where we conduct experiments with podcasting. My name is Joshua Rivers, and this is a production of Podcast Guy Media, LLC. Biographic. An engaging story. Plus emotion or moments of reflection. And it's not all just documentaries because we get sucked into the story. But in a narrative podcast, you explore the answer and you find it by weaving through a set of occurrences. It's a change of direction. Add in extra information or background or thought process to what was already recorded. Throughout season four, we have been covering narrative style podcasting. This includes journalistic or documentary styles as well. Now, the first 10 episodes of the season covers this topically as we step through the process of creating a narrative podcast. I interviewed 11 podcasters for this series, and in each episode, you'll hear from several of each of them. Now, I'm releasing the full interviews that I did with each of these guests. I'm going to do this for several reasons. First of all, there were several things that were brought up in the conversations that didn't make the final cut. It was still good information, it just wasn't as pertinent to the topic at hand, or maybe it was talked about by other guests. Secondly, you get to hear what the conversation was like before I cut all the audio up for the original series. Today, we're going to be hearing from one of the people that was one of the most influential people in helping me start podcasting. That's Dave Jackson. He runs the School of Podcasting, which is a podcast which I would highly recommend that you listen to but is also a killer membership site. So you can learn everything that you need to podcast through the hundreds of tutorials that he's created. And so that may be a slight exaggeration, but not by much. Even if you're already podcasting, there's a lot of things to, be able to help you be able to improve your podcast, including access to a private Facebook group where you can meet with others that are members as well. You can check this out by going through my affiliate link, creativestudio.academy slash SOP. Now, without any further delay, here's my conversation with Dave Jackson. The first thing I wanted to start with was the target person is someone that already thinks that they want to do this, mm -hmm. but I kind of want to look at the pros and cons. So what is the reason that someone could, I don't want to use the word should, but I mean, what would be a good use for, or a good reason for someone going to try to do a narrative style? I would think mainly if you think about every single movie, every single book, usually, even if TV show, all, all media usually is a story of some sort. You know, it's usually people talk a lot about the, the hero's journey. You know, the, if we look at Star Wars right now, it's huge, you know, and there's there's somebody, they have a hurdle to get over. And usually there's some sort of guide, whether it's Yoda or the guy in uh, The Hobbit, I forget his name or whoever, that comes along and helps them uh, overcome their fear and they finally take action. And in the end, you know, they get the girl and they walk off into the sunset. So most narratives have some sort of story. And the reason we do that, and it's not all just documentaries, is because we get sucked into the story. We're like, we want to see if he's going to make it or if she's going to make it or whatever. So I think that's the big thing. Uh, when um, Serial came out the first season, we were all like, oh my gosh, it's a big whodunit. Who's going to, is this person going to, you know, get out? Did they find something? Did he do it? Did he not do it? So it was all a big story to, to kind of get you sucked in. So I think that would be the big reason. I think it's a little more engaging than just an interview where you're listening to somebody ask a question and then they answer it. And then they ask a question and they answer it. And 
the thing, even uh, if we look at Entrepreneur on Fire, which is a real popular podcast, what does John do? He basically pulls back the curtain and has people do what? Tell him their story. You know, how did you, what were your biggest failures? What was your aha moment? You know, and then he walks them through their success. That's just the hero's journey in podcast form. And when I finally realized that, I'm like, wow, that's kind of genius that he somehow pulled that out. But uh, he, because on one hand, he's asking the same six or seven questions every episode, but he's unveiling that person's story. So I was like, well, he's doing narrative without really doing, without all the sound effects, basically. Yeah, that's true. Now, what would be a negative, a reason that someone should stay away from trying to do a narrative style? It really depends on how much time you have, because I always say to do just you talking into a microphone is a four to one ratio. So if you want to do a 15 minute podcast, plan on spending an hour because you have to figure out what you're going to talk about. Then you record it. You might do a little editing. Then you have to do the tagging. You have to do the show notes. So all the time you do that, you end up spending an hour on a 15-minute podcast. I've done a couple things over the years. Like when Serial first came out, I did a parody called Dinner, where it was me going to the grocery store. And it was real. I mean, I took my portable recorder, and it was real sounds. It was me inside of a Target and this and that and getting into the car. And so everything was real and it was this cool sound effects and it sounded just like you were there with me. But by the time I edited that down or if I've done other things where I have sound effects or I, I add music to add a mood, you're blowing that four to one ratio just off, off the chart. I don't know what it would be, you know, six, seven, 10 to one, something like that, because now you're really trying to get things to sound a specific way and you're trying to create that mood. And I think part of it would depend too also on your personality. If you're a perfectionist, just, you know, lock yourself in a room and forget about it. You're, you're never coming out. <laughs> because for me, I did one where I was talking about how I had a, a, a machine called the Stylizer 3000. And I was making the point of you can do a podcast in whatever format you want. And so one was like the, you know, the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday guy and this and that. And, and all those had little music under them to help kind of just push the joke and the fact that you can be as creative as you want. And that clip was maybe two minutes long. And it took me the better part of two days to find the music and to, in some cases, try to whip up a bad imitation of somebody. That's the downside. It takes a lot more time, at least in my travels of, of doing it, uh, if you're really trying to get the right mood and the right sound. And I was doing something uh, this week and I started to fall into that trap where I was looking for a free uh, sound file of a, a drum roll, you know, kind of thing. And I'm looking and looking and I'm on like my fifth website. And I finally went over to a website. I know that it's audiojungle.net. And I looked and it was, here's a, a decent, really good sounding drum roll for three bucks. And I was like, okay, I'll spend $3 to save 45 minutes going through all these websites that are just going to spam me or whatever, trying to find the free version. So there are times when I always say you, you pay with things with either money or time. And I was, I was headed full speed ahead down that time road. And I went, wait a minute, it's just a drum roll. This is going to be, you know, four seconds of my podcast. Let's not obsess over this being the perfect drum roll. So it's really easy to, to fall down that trap. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely identify with that. I mean, I'm that perfectionist many times. And so, I would get myself stuck. Yeah, I've gone through the hassle of, and this isn't even legal, of uh, grabbing music off a YouTube video because I can't find the, you know, I don't want to go to iTunes and actually buy the song. And you just find all these ways to add ambiance to your show or your episode. And it's it, in the end, you're like, really, does, was it really worth the 
you know, 10 minutes to get the Rocky theme by going to YouTube to finding the clip to doing this. It's like, you know, it's, it's, you can get really crazy with that. Yeah, definitely. You start with an idea. Usually you don't just say, I'm going to do a narrative. And then you say, no, what am I going to do? Well, I, I guess maybe some people do that, but usually you have an idea first of what you want to do. And now you need to break that down into specific topics and then actually plan that and try to construct that narrative story. Um, what are some tips or some things that you could recommend to help with that process? For me, I wrote it down. I actually did a, uh, a parody once where I invented some fake wacky morning DJs called uh, Binky and the Wiz. And there was this <laughs> whole skit where Binky would say something, the Wiz would say something, and he had these trusty sidekicks and things like that. All of them played by me, which made it even more fun. And so I had to figure out who was saying what and when. And so I actually wrote out the entire little skit. So I would go through and record Binky's part, and then I would record. So every single sentence that that person said was a different file. It was amazing when I put it all together. It was. I've done a couple other ones where I think anytime you write something out, there's something creatively about putting pen to paper and seeing it in front of you. I think that somehow stimulates you a little more, at least it does for me, that I've had other ideas show up after I've actually started to write it out. I know I've done that with writing show notes where I will be writing my show notes in the past. I've done them before I recorded the show and I'll come up with this great idea and I've already recorded the episode. I'm like, oh, I should. And that's why I started doing that more now up front where I'll actually type up my show notes just again to flesh out the idea, have those things come to the front before you record it as opposed to afterwards. So for me, uh, I'm actually working on one for my 500th episode. I'm definitely going to be writing it out because at this point I haven't quite figured out what I'm doing. And so I started last night writing out potential ideas and just doing that started to kind of spur my, my creativity. So that would be my advice is write it out or bullet point it in whatever you're going to be using word or, you know, Google docs or something, but, but start writing it down. Yeah, that's good. In regard to that, I mean, if you needed help with that, let me know. I, I wouldn't mind helping out if I can. Yeah, it's. Uh, I actually watched Groundhog this morning. Groundhog okay. Day the movie, and I was like, <laughs> okay, nothing really there. It's, but I have a couple ideas on it. I, I might okay. Do, where I, I wake up and go through like the one day I'm going to wake up and use a free media host, and the next day I'm going to use Podomatic, and you know, a, a, each way learning a lesson that in the end I end up with what would be what I figure are my best practices for podcasting. But I'm trying to figure out, because I really would love to use I Got You, Babe, right? Because if just from the movie to kind of tip the hat to this is from Groundhog Day, it's just illegal. Yeah. And it's a, I'm, I'm battling that. I have the angel on one shoulder <laughs> and the demon on the other one. And I'm like, do I want to break the law? I'm like, uh, so uh, there's a couple ways. But I'm, I'm, I got five weeks. So that's, that's, but it's going to, I would like to start working on it now, really, five weeks out and uh, shape the idea and then really start recording it in about two weeks out. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that offer stands. So if you need okay. any help or whatever, okay, let me know and I'll see what I can do to, to help out. Thanks. When you're doing narrative, a lot of times you'll bring in multiple guests. So what are some things that you would look for when you're trying to find the guests that you're actually going to use how specific would you be and how picky or would you kind of do like a wide spectrum and get a bunch of content and then filter through it? Or what are your thoughts? Well, for me, I've done it where I have chosen guests 
who had the background I was looking for that in my case, uh, it was people that have been on radio and they have a podcast. So that was kind of my criteria. And I was just comparing, trying to, to get what can we learn from, from radio people. And so by doing that, I kind of knew that the information they were going to provide, I wasn't going to really have to sift through much. It should all fit the, the goal of the episode. So there wasn't going to be that much, um, you know, I, I kind of, you have to listen to it all again. In fact, by the time it's over, you're so sick of hearing the same thing over and over that it can be a little crazy. But I think if you have the right guest that I, I guess in a way I ask people that I think I know the answer. In my case, I'm trying to not get them to say what I think, but maybe reinforce what I think. And then I'm always open-minded. So if they bring in something that I'm like, Ooh, I didn't know that that's even better. But I think if I just picked anybody and now I got to go through their story and their history to find out why they did what, that's all great. But again, the more I have to listen through and cut out the stuff that doesn't fit, the more time it takes. So I'd rather have a guest that I was pretty sure is going to hit the nail on the head. Okay. Now, um, now, after you do all the interviews, you have all this audio that you're sifting through to to try to cut it down because we're not just going to take all of the content and dump it in. So what are you looking for? The more specific, the better as far as what you're looking for to cut the fat or trim, trim it down to the essential narrative elements that you need. Yeah. For me, it's, it sounds weird. Did they answer the question? So if I asked them a question, did they answer it? Right. Josh, you could ask me what's your favorite color. And I could say it's uh 357. Well, that's not a color. It's what time it is. So yes, I, <laughs> yes, I answered your question, but I didn't answer your question. And so depending on the people, I've interviewed people who have been interviewed a lot in some cases, and they have, unfortunately, and it's very easy to do, they have like set answers that they've just, they've said 4,000 times because they've just been interviewed over and over and over. And so you ask them a question and they just kind of fall into the pull my string and here's my answer. And I'll listen to it and I'm like, okay, that's a good answer but it doesn't answer the question. And so I just did a thing. I do it every year where I ask my audience, what's your favorite podcast and why? So that's it. What's your favorite podcast and why? And so many people go to answer that question and they explain, boy, this is so hard for me because I listen to so many podcasts and I, and they go through this whole thing about the struggle of coming to the answer. And I appreciate that because I understand it's hard. And I appreciate the fact that they went through that struggle. But in the end, I need to know two things. What's your favorite podcast and why? And so I had to cut some of that out this this year because I had people that were, you know, they really struggled to come up with an answer, which again, I deeply appreciated. But I'm the buffer between you and my audience. And my audience wants to hear what's your favorite podcast and why. So I had to cut some of that stuff out. It's kind of tough because you appreciate somebody sharing their information and it, it seems odd to go, yeah, this isn't going to make it to my audience's ear, but in the end, it's your audience that's going to really appreciate the fact that you're not making them sift through the information that's not relevant. So that's the key. Somebody's going to sift through this information. The last person I want it to be is my audience. I'm going to take the brunt of that. That's why I'm the host and and usually, again, with the right guest, you don't have to do that. But I, that's the one thing I'm looking for is, did you answer my question? Because I'm amazed at how many times where, A, I'll ask a question and somebody go, that's a great question. 
let me talk about this. And they'll just change the subject. Like, okay, that was a good question. I'm not going to answer it. Or it's odd. The conversation goes in a completely different way. So that's what I look for. Did they answer the question? Because in theory, I've done some planning and I have a good idea of what questions to ask. So the reason I asked the question is, well, I wanted to hear the answer and you chose not to do that. Yeah. And you got to be careful with Dave because, uh, because you'll buzz people if they, <laughs> if they bring an extra. That's no, funny. I asked for one. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, I, figured I had to throw something in to keep it light and fun. Well, yeah, you're Dave. Yeah. Got to do that. And so, and actually it's kind of funny when you uh, talked about pulling the string and having the that pre-recorded answer or whatever, because I actually just saw uh, the second half of Toy Story yesterday. Actually, most Toy Story yesterday, and so Woody with his pull string. Yeah. So anyway, that was going through my mind for the last two minutes. So yeah, I had, anyway, I had a guest once <laughs> that I did. I went out and listened to a bunch of his interviews because I didn't want to have. I didn't want to provide him the same old, same old question. And he had one story that he brought up in every single interview. And I was like, the last thing I want to hear is that story. And I asked him a question that was completely unrelated. And guess what he did? He told me the story. And I was like, oh, that's why it's in every interview. He just loves to tell that story. And I, it, it's <laughs> not that I didn't want to hear the story. I just wanted something completely different for my audience. So it's kind of funny that way. Yeah, <laughs> that is funny. This could probably apply for any podcast or any project that, that you work on. There are certain elements, but especially for a narrative, what are some specific or strategic elements that you want to have when you're constructing a narrative? I guess to a certain extent, what's your point? Like, what is the point you're trying to make it? It's the teacher in me. That's what I do during the day. I, I teach people technology, but there's always that objective, right? At the end of the class, your students will be able to blank. So with a narrative, with a story, I always say you want people to either laugh, cry, think, or groan, or maybe you're educating them or just it's entertaining. So what is the point of the story? What is the point of the narrative? So I think that would be the key to do that is just to kind of write it out and you can kind of see the ebb and flow of the story that way is here's where I'm going to tug on their heartstrings and maybe here's where I'm going to lighten it up a little bit so it's not so heavy and here's where I'm going to do this or that. So if you can kind of plan out ahead in each point, okay, here's what we're going to do to the listener now. Okay, here's what we're going to do here, and and this builds on the story. So if you can kind of, again, plan it out a little bit, you can now start to go just from, okay, here's the here's the bullet points I want to hit. Now here's how I want to hit them. Now one thing I'm interested in, I've heard and seen different things that are done with this, but after you go through all the editing, you usually end up with a lot more that's left on the cutting room floor, then makes it to the final piece. What are a couple things that you can think of that would be good to use those pieces for other than just throwing them away? You could, if you wanted to, especially if it's something that you somewhat um, had an issue cutting. You're like, oh, you know what? This is still good content. It just doesn't fit with what we were talking about. You might want to use that for a, like a little promo. You know, maybe the show's coming out in two weeks. You could say in two weeks, we're going to be talking with Josh. Here's a little snippet from our conversation. And then you play that little answer. Get people tuned in that way. That might be a use of that. Other than that, I'm, I'm out of ideas on that one. But that would be something to do. Because it is, it's weird when you, you know, you throw it away. You're like, well, that was, you know. And it, I guess on one hand, if it's cut out, there's probably a decent reason why it was cut out. You know, maybe it just didn't fit your audience or things like that. So I guess it depends on why it got cut out. But the cool thing with podcasting, one of the things that you don't have to worry about 
unless you're doing something for the radio or whatever, is time. I've had people that have made really long episodes and they've flown by because the content was so good. So I, I don't think I would ever cut something because, well, you know, my show is usually 20 minutes and this was, you know, 38. So I had to cut 18 minutes. Well, if it's still good content, I think most people aren't going to complain. Very good point. Absolutely. I subscribe to the Valerie Geller, who's the author of uh, Beyond Powerful Radio. She said, there's no such thing as too long, only too boring. So mm-hmm. I, I've definitely had podcasts that have just completely sucked me in. And I get done, I'm like, wow, that was an hour and 45 minutes, and it felt like 15. And on the other hand, I've listened to 15-minute podcasts that felt like it was an hour and a half, because I'm like, get to the point! So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it definitely takes some takes some work. And so one thing that I've seen done is with uh, the podcast producers, with that series, they had their 10-part series that they started with, but then they've been going through and releasing the raw and uncut interviews. Oh, yeah after the fact and so they're kind of filling in time until they come out with the second season that was one thing that kind of spawned that question is what do people do with the leftovers and that was one of the things that that i thought of um immediately is it the full interview or is it just the stuff that didn't make the first one no the full interview so from the time they hit record all the blips and bumps and i think they like filter out language but but other than that it's like just the full raw interview. So even the the pre interview conversation and all that kind of stuff, it just, they just roll with all of it. That's interesting. So you're getting information that you couldn't get before. To me, a, a classic example of that is uh, the Beatles have an album called uh, let it be. And they came out probably four years ago with, it was um, let it be naked because the producer Phil Spector at the time put in all these big strings and violins for all these songs. And that wasn't really, that was his thing. That wasn't the Beatles doing that. And so this was basically the same exact songs that we've heard a million times, but minus the big production. And it's a more stripped down version of just the band. And so it was interesting because it was a different, same information with just a slightly different slant that you couldn't get someplace else. So that's, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Something I'm interested in, I'm considering for, for this series, I'm not sure if I'm going to, follow that or not maybe make it bonus content or something for subscribe to email or whatever but yeah that'd be another great idea but yeah another thing when when you were trying to put the narrative together trying to put all the different clips together transitioning from one clip to the next from one part of the story to the next what are some techniques that that you use or that you've you know others use for being able to do that well I think I hear people use music a lot where they will, you know, at the end of a segment or whatever you would call it, and they're making their point because that's one of the things. You have to figure out how am I going to start talking about this topic and then how am I going to wrap it up? Because at the end, it's it's the one of my hobbies is music, and people remember your first song and they remember your last song. And it's the same way with a topic. You should figure out, okay, here's my bullet point that I'm trying to hit. Here's where I'm going to start off, and here's my final point you know, that I, I want to hit, drop the mic and get off the stage with. And so as you're making that point, a lot of times you can fade in music that will really set the tone of whatever it is, the point you're making, and then let the music fade in and fade out. And I heard people kind of pause after that music. It's like the music comes in. And then it's there to let you ponder what that person just said, right? You just said that final, you put the, you know, the period at the end of the sentence, let it sink in a bit. And then about the time you go, well, that's weird. Nothing's playing. They'll start talking again. And here's the new, 
the new uh, topic. So I think music's a good way of doing that. Sound effects, maybe in some cases, if you're, you know, talking about you have one topic and this is that and this and that, you just pause and you start playing a sound effect to where people are like, why are there geese honking? Well, because the next topic is, I remember one time out by my grandfather's lake, there were geese and I could see something like that to just politely cue the listener that, hey, guess what? We're going someplace else now. This was over here uh, without completely jarring their feelings out of their teeth. Something like that uh, might be an interesting switch. And I, I really think mm-hmm. the thing I love about these, I wish I had more time to do them. It's so creative. For me, at least when I do these and I listen back, when I just feel that natural flow without kind of like, oh, what was that? I really do like that. And in some cases, a nice little jarring exit is maybe the the emphasis you're going through. Maybe you're trying to get people to go, oh, well, what was that? You know, because you're trying to get their attention. So for me, it's kind of like painting with audio. You might want to try a soft music, especially. I was amazed. I mentioned earlier about the the thing I did where I was doing all these different types of doing a podcast. And the minute I started putting in music underneath of it, in some cases, it just accented the joke that I went through the hassle of getting this type of music for it, that I was amazed that I'm like, wow, this, it, number one, it overshadowed the fact that, wow, that's a really bad imitation, but it did something just to add a little more, it triggers something in the mind that uh, people knew what you were talking about. They got the joke a little quicker because the music spawned that thought. So maybe it's the musician in me, but I think my, my knee jerk reaction is what can I use music wise here to transition? I think those would be that. And like I say, sound effects and or a question in some cases. Well, we could go on and on just on transmissions. If you said something, and again, a pause. If you think about it, Paul Harvey was a famous radio guy. And one of his favorite things was, that guy was like the king of the dramatic pause. You, you thought he like died or something. Like, did somebody hit him over the head? But all of a sudden, he just, in the middle of a sentence, paused for no reason. And you're like, did he fall asleep? Is he narcoleptic or something? It was really <laughs> weird. You know, something like that, maybe in some cases, just to pause, just to let that that idea fade into the the breeze as it goes out. And then maybe you start off next with uh, a question just to uh, trigger somebody that, hey, we're moving in a new direction. Yeah, I like that. A lot of good things you can be able to do with music to be able to do that. And so it kind of sets the mood and, yeah. and all that for it also. Now, what are some resources that you can think of more, spe- I mean, specifically for people that would want to do narrative, what are some good resources or maybe sources of inspiration that can help someone trying to improve their skills in this area? There's a great book by Nancy Duarte. If you have an iPad, buy it in the Apple store. It's called Resonate and it's present visual stories that transform audiences. And what she did is she went through and she analyzed some of the top speeches in history, like President Reagan after the Challenger disaster and Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. And she went through and kind of looked at like, why is this a good speech? How did this, what was the flow here? And what were the strategies? And what were they trying to communicate? And in the actual, I guess, Apple book or whatever they call them on on an iPad, you actually see the speeches and it's a little more interactive. It's a really cool book. So that to me was one that really, that's where I first heard about the hero's journey. And once you hear that and you realize that almost everything you've ever watched is the hero's journey, there's just movie after movie. You're just like, yep, that's it. And then there was the guide and they found it and you had to figure out if they were going to, yep, that's it. Every movie's pretty much that. And so hmm. that that's one that I really, really like resonate. 
would be a good one. And just that's probably the one that sticks out. I, I, I'm with you. I'm kind of starting now to get into storytelling and uh, kind of reverse engineering when I hear a good story. You know, when I listen to something like Serial and I see how they use music or uh, Radio Lab is another really awesome podcast. They use a lot of just what I call noise. Like they'll have this this weird underneath somebody talking that does nothing, but it just sets a weird ominous tone. So things they do like that sometimes that uh, I'm like, that was kind of weird. So I'm, I'm listening to it and I'm enjoying the story, but I'll actually go back later in some cases, go back and listen and go, okay, now let's, let's look at this from a ta- technical aspect and what do they do and how did they transition from story to story? And because it's always interesting with them because they stop in the middle for a commercial break. Um, so that would be another transition. We'll be right back after this. Uh, but um, Resonate was the one that in terms of books that I've found, because I've, I've read a number of books on storytelling and none of them, it, it's weird. You would think they would be able to tell the story of storytelling, but uh, none of really, you know, come out and was like, oh man, I got to tell my friends about this one. Nothing's really come out and bit me that way. But Resonate was a pretty cool book. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. Like I say, if you got an iPad, and what do they call them? iBooks, I think that's it. I think about it. I think it's an iBook. That's pretty sweet. It actually has quizzes as well. It's like at the end of the chapter, they ask you quizzes. I'm like, wow, I guess you want to make sure I really understood this. So <laughs> There you go. Get that submitted to your permanent record. That's it. <laughs> hey, is there anything else that, that you think needs to be added that we haven't talked about yet regarding this? If we look at startup, there's another one where they're doing this kind of narrative and all those guys, they record everything. So you're going to need some sort of portable recorder of some sort. You know, they make a ton of these things ranging from 99 bucks to 400. You don't need to spend $400, but, and it's amazing. A lot of times the built-in microphones of these things are actually really, really good. Now they pick up everything. That's the good news. And at times that's the bad news. But um, if you are going to be trying to do something where you want to, you know, capture your thoughts in the moment, you know, you can use a portable recorder. And actually, uh, your phone is actually a really good device sometimes. It won't sound quite as good, but if you just want to capture your surroundings, I'm amazed at times because I'll use my phone to just capture my thoughts. Like, hey, don't forget to, you know, whatever. I was listening to somebody's podcast and they mentioned a resource. Well, I don't have anything to write it down, so I'll just hit the voice recorder in my phone and chime in whatever it is I don't want to forget. And I'm always amazed later when I listen to something like that really doesn't sound that bad. It was, you know, me in the car or something like that. So if that's something you're going to be wanting to do, well, then you're going to need a portable recorder. Yeah, good tip. Hey, yeah, so I appreciate this. Oh, no problem, man. This is a production of Podcast Guy Media, LLC.